Hello, my friends. Okay, before we even jump into today's episode, which I think you're really going to enjoy, I have to tell you some big news. We are having a women's wellness summer camp for women, mothers, sisters, friends who want to make wellness a part of their summer bucket list. We know you have all your kids in summer camp. What about you? Well, this is for you. We are going to be doing so many fun things to make wellness part of your lifestyle this summer. Make it enjoyable, make it fun, and all of those things. So what are you going to get? We're going to have a simple snack guide for easy, healthy snacks you can eat and enjoy all summer. I'm going to be including daily workouts, 10-minute workouts for you to get in each day. We're going to have challenges inside a private Instagram group for community and support. We're going to have some fun giveaways. And at the end of it all, I'm going to be doing a live workshop on nutrition strategies for weight loss and body change. So if you want to join me, I really hope you will. Just click on the show notes or go to a womanofwellness.com forward slash summer wellness. We kick off on June 28th and I hope to see you all in there. Welcome to the Woman of Wellness podcast, a show for the woman who wants to make peace with food, love her body and find joy in exercise and movement. I'm Elizabeth, exercise physiologist and women's nutrition and wellness coach here to spread the message that it is absolutely possible for you to enjoy food, exercise, and your body without guilt, shame, or regret. To the woman who is fed up with dieting, feels trapped in a body she wishes she could love, or who lets food and fitness rules overtake her life, it's time to put a hard stop on diet culture and discover wellness within. My friend, you are already a woman of wellness. Your worth is more than a number on the scale. You are worthy of showing up in love for your body today and every day. On this podcast, I want you to show up as yourself, beautifully imperfect and gain confidence to accomplish anything you set your mind to. I believe that every woman has the gift of knowing what her body truly wants and needs within herself and I'm here to help you discover it. Join me each week for conversations about food, fitness, weight loss, and wellness to help you achieve your goals and love taking care of your unique body. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Hello, hello. We are back for another episode. (laughs) I'm really excited you're here. And um, I'm actually excited about this episode. It's kind of controversial. <laughs> it's a little bit of a funny title, right? Um, I'm I'm here to open a little controversy, but also I am not <laughs> because that's not the person I am. But I feel like there's this message out there um, with intuitive eating. And I don't know what, you know, if you've been around here, you know quite a bit about intuitive eating if you've learned from me and we've talked about the way that I teach intuitive eating and all of that if you're new to it um, I also think this episode is going to be really good for you I think it's going to be a really good episode to help you understand um, in the concept of intuitive eating as it relates to the way that you want to approach it and so I kind of wanted to talk about it from the standpoint of kids 
Um, because a lot of people will say, oh, if you want to be an intuitive eater, if you want to learn more about intuitive eating, just watch kids. Just watch the way a kids eat. And I want to tell you a little story about my kids before I move on. And then you can decide if my kids are intuitive eaters or not. <laughs> um, I have a five-year-old boy who, since he was a little kid, gagged on food very easily and then would throw it all up. It was horrible. And he still does it occasionally, but, um, not all that much. And it's probably a byproduct of his father because his father's not the best eater either and has some texture issues, but also a little bit of a byproduct of me not feeding him, being scared of choking, basically. <laughs> I had a big fear of choking and I wouldn't know what to do. And even though I technically, in theory, know what to do, um, it was my first kid, so we're just going to give ourselves grace. But he has some issues there and so certain foods and if he doesn't like it he won't tell you he doesn't like it he'll just like gag it back up like just kind of interesting and he doesn't eat very much he eats very little um and we try and all of that like we're not here to have a discussion about my relationship with food with my kids um but we're working on some things and I have another little girl who just the other morning she, um, she's two and a half. I was getting ready and she came in and she had a pair of scissors and she was cutting open, open a fruit snacks bag by herself. She said, mom, look at me. I'm getting a snack. It was like 7am. <laughs> and this girl goes around our house all day long. Snack, 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 this. I want to eat a snack. I want this. I want that. Like just, it is I cannot keep up with her. She would eat snacks all day and she would eat like candy nonstop. If she had a full bag of Skittles, she would eat it. Like she wouldn't stop. And I have a story at the end that I'm going to tell you <laughs> about that, um, that she, she just won't stop. She just eats. And, um, she, she eats a lot of other things too. She has a good variety of foods in her diet. Um, but if mom wasn't here, she would just eat the treats, the snacks all the time. Okay. So I don't really believe that kids are the best example of intuitive eating. And I want to explain why. And this also helps me explain the way that I teach intuitive eating because it's kind of met with a lot of different definitions and taught in a lot of different ways. And so I really want you to leave this episode sort of understanding the concept of intuitive eating as I teach it, as well as like how you want to implement it into your life. So my definition of intuitive eating is using food and movement. I like to add that in there because that's an important part of it to support the lifestyle that you want to live. Okay. So a common judgment of intuitive eating is actually that it's an eat everything you want, no foods off limits approach, right? It's like this free for all approach. And I do believe in the no foods off limits, but I also believe in all foods supporting. That's different. I want to say that again. I do believe in the no foods off limits, but I also believe in all foods supporting. What does that mean to you? How do you incorporate food in a way that it supports your desired lifestyle. Foods are all available to me. 
but how do I want to use food to support me? That's the difference. Okay, so let's get back to the kids really quick because I don't want to I don't want to like throw them under a bus here because I actually do believe some things about kids and intuitive eating. And of course, everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have some kids that are naturally better at this. I have one that's a really, really picky eater and one that will eat literally. I've seen her pick up stuff off the ground and eat it. And she'll eat literally anything. Like she'll eat the fruits, the vegetables, and the candy, and the stuff on the ground, like all of the above. (laughs) So here's what I do believe about kids and intuitive eating. I believe that they do eat when they're hungry and they stop when they're full. As long as there's no like ulterior motives about like, well, if you finish, you get treats or whatever. Cause then they all of a sudden are like, well, I'm full, I'm full. My belly's full, but it's not too full for treats, right? (laughs) It never is too full for treats. Um, but like when they are sitting down and they're concentrating on their food, right? They have little attention spans. My, we're working on keeping kids at the table as long as possible right now, um, they eat when they're hungry and they stop when they're full when they're present right in the to the best of their ability they typically listen they'll stop you know if you feed them and they have food they'll typically stop when they're full if they've been properly like taught which I'm going to talk about in a minute um you know to kind of like listen to their bodies not even taught but just like I think naturally if they don't have inputs of like eat more eat less those kinds of things they should typically naturally respond well um that doesn't mean that there aren't anomalies out there I get that there are so many things with kids and food I have taken my own son to feeding therapy like I get the struggle (laughs) there is a big struggle with kids and food and I can teach women all day long about relationship with food but I'm not going to tell you I'm any expert at kids and food so these are my um observations and understandings of kids that I've been around and that I know. I also believe that the more exposure kids have to food, the more intuitive they will become. Okay, so I know that like when we offer more, they tend to be willing to try more in time. So exposure is really helpful for them. And then they teach us that like the more we have exposure with something, the more likely we are to eat it. And then that kind of leads me to the next one is like they teach us really good things about exploring new foods and making them fun. Like they teach us like, hey, it would actually be really fun to make this food fun and I'd be more inclined to eat it or it has to look good. It has to taste good. Like maybe I need to season it the right way or I need to dip it in something. Like they teach us a lot about making food an enjoyable experience. And if you've been in the diet cycle for a long time, um, food probably feels like you don't want to deal with it. You just wish there was like an IV you could get your nutrition from. Like sometimes it feels overwhelming. And I love that kids just have this natural curiosity of, hey, like I want to learn and play around with this and play with my food. And like, what what a fun thing if we could take that into our daily life. What would it look like for me to play with my food? You know, as an adult, maybe not like throwing it, but like, what would it look like for me to season it this way or cook it this way or um, put these two things together or make a special dip so I don't have to eat raw vegetables that I don't like plain or, you know, like what if we could explore these things and make them fun? That would change, completely change our relationship with food. So 
I think kids have some good aspects of intuitive eating. It's not all bad. I think they have more. We could talk about more, but I want to get into what I want to teach you about intuitive eating from the standpoint of maybe what kids lack. I don't know if that's the best word, but more importantly than that, how to help you better understand what intuitive eating could look like in your life by taking the perspective of of kids, I guess. It'll make more sense when I get into it. So it's important to know how to eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. Okay, so kids are typically pretty good at that. We talked about that. Well, here's the thing. The second part of that is that sometimes you actually need to be a little bit ahead of yourself, right? Good nutrition requires some habits and routines. It's just reality. It's life. We're busy. Kids live in the moment and they expect to get fed. But guess what? You don't get that luxury. We have to plan, prepare, and feed ourselves. It would be awesome if someone was like, hey, I made breakfast for you. Hey, here's your snack. Hey, here's your lunch. You know, like that would be awesome. (laughs) But the reality is, is like you have to do some planning ahead. And we have to feed ourselves and we have to prepare. We, we can't just live in the moment with food because we have to be prepared with food. Yeah, there are times we can live in the moment with food and enjoy it. And we can have some things that we weren't planning on and all of that. It doesn't have to be perfect. But at the end of the day, like you're responsible for getting yourself food. And kids, like you're also responsible for getting them food. They're, depending on how old they are, of course, <laughs> they're not responsible for getting their own food. So a concept or a principle that I want to teach you is that intuitive eaters eat to honor hunger and fullness and have a plan that allows them to match their efforts with their desired outcomes. Okay. So intuitive eaters honor their hunger and fullness, but you also need some sort of plan. It doesn't have to be strict. It doesn't have to be super structured. You've got to have food in your house, right? You've got to plan some things. You've got to prepare some things. You've got to have some have some things that you can eat on the go. Like you've got to be prepared for your life. And so that's a piece of intuitive eating. I think that's a piece that like it just doesn't get taught, right? Intuitive eating is still about like managing food in your lifestyle. So that's principle number one. Intuitive eaters eat to honor hunger and fullness, and then they have a plan that allows them to match those efforts. So those nutrition efforts with the outcomes that they want. What kind of outcome do you want as a result of your nutrition? Do you want more energy? Do you want physical change? Do you want good blood pressure? I don't know. Like we could go down all those roads. But like what is your outcome there? Okay. The second thing is that self-control is required. And I don't know if self-control is the best word, but we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Kids are not typically concerned with their health. Okay. It's just, it's just not a natural thing for them um, because naturally they're just living in the moment, right? That doesn't mean for us that we have to be strict, but it's also important to remember that we have different priorities than our kids. Okay. Our bodies are different. Our energy levels are different. Like how many times do you wish you could bottle up the energy of those toddlers and give it to yourself? <laughs> like they just, they, their bodies are different than ours. And they don't have health goals, but we do because we have ways we need to show up in life that are different than them. Okay. So we have to have some sort of self-control, some sort of balance with food. 
So this is principle number two. Intuitive eaters know how to create balance with all kinds of food and continually work toward creating the balance that supports their goals. So this goes back to the idea of like intuitive eating is a free-for-all. Well, no, it's not. Intuitive eaters know how to, they learn how to create that balance with all foods. All foods are available, but they create that balance and then they continually work toward creating and refining that balance that supports their goals. And I love that kids live in the moment and all of that. And I think there's an aspect of us being able to live in the moment. Absolutely. We almost have to be prepared to live in the moment. (laughs) I don't know if that even is a good analogy, but like there takes some preparation as an adult to be able to experience and enjoy that moment. Okay. And then the third one is, um, it's all about responsibility and management of your own health. Okay. So in a kid's life, you're responsible for their health. And I'm talking little kids. I don't know what, what age, I don't have big kids, <laughs> but, um, you know, like little kids, like you're responsible for them being fed. I remember one day, I think my husband was telling me this, or I don't know. I was just thinking about it. I was like, man, if I was not here and I like, didn't feed them, they wouldn't eat. Like, I am literally keeping them alive because I'm here to like give them food. They would, they can't go to the grocery store on their own. They can't make a toast yet. My five-year-old probably could, but my two-year-old would probably burn herself. Like they're reliant upon you and in your, in your own intuitive eating life, you're responsible for your health. You're responsible for managing your nutrition approach. It's not about allowing someone else to steer the ship, but you be the captain. So principle number three is that intuitive eaters learn to take responsibility for and manage their own health through change, practice, and consistency. That was a lot. That was kind of an overwhelming principle. (laughs) Basically, intuitive eaters take responsibility for their health and they manage it daily. So just to go back to what we talked about in the beginning, intuitive eating is an approach that allows you to align your goals with your nutrition strategy. It allows you to enjoy food. Okay. We want to enjoy food. Kids teach us a really, they do a really good job at teaching us that and allow it all in, in balanced and supportive ways. And it's true. Like, I think some kids have some things right. I do. I think there's a lot of things they have right. Kids are awesome. (laughs) And you know what they can do? They can teach us a lot about our relationship with food and our bodies. How many little kids are saying, oh, I shouldn't eat this or, oh, my body. What? I couldn't eat that. It would make my belly puff out. (laughs) My kids are proud when their bellies puff out. (laughs) And I think that they can teach us a lot about loving our bodies and living in them and just just being. But they also lack boundaries and parameters. And those are the things that we can teach them. So I actually want to turn it a little bit now and or maybe keep going if that's the right word. And explore what it might look like to teach a kid intuitive eating and show how much it correlates to our own learning and implementation of intuitive eating in our own lives. So remember everything we're doing, we're kind of paralleling it, 
paralleling it. I'm not sure if that's the right word. Um, with kids, but it's about you because I'm here for you. <laughs> Even though I love your kids and my kids, we're really talking about you here. So number one, we teach them that their bodies are awesome and can do great things. That is number one principle. You teach those, you teach those little kiddos that their bodies are awesome and they can do great things. And what if, what if you did the same thing for yourself? My body is awesome and it can do great things. What would that do for you? Do you do that now? I'm going to guess probably not. But what if you spoke to yourself like you spoke to a kid? Your body's awesome and it can do awesome things. You can be a a ninja. You can be a superhero. Your body is awesome and you can jump and play and all of these things. What would it look like for you to teach yourself those things? Okay, number two, we help them learn to listen to their bodies. We teach them, is your belly full? Do you feel like your belly's full? Did you like that food? Do you want more of that food? How did that food make you feel? What would it, does it feel good if you eat all the cookies all the time? Like start asking them to listen to their bodies and then do the same for yourself. What would it look like for you to start listening to your body? What did that feel like? How did that feel in your body? How did it feel when you overate on that? How did it feel when you skipped breakfast? Listen to your body. Learn to listen to your body. And by the way, these are all the things that we teach in food freedom. More than this, obviously. But um, if you want to get on the wait list, go get on the wait list. Awomanofwellness.com forward slash food freedom. Because these are things that we teach. These are principles. I mean, I'm teaching them in a different way, but we're teaching them in a deeper way in food freedom. Okay, number three. We teach them principles of nutrition. We teach them about fruits and vegetables and what they scientifically, physiologically do for our bodies. I tell my kids, those, that protein, so that meat, that's protein and that makes your muscles strong. Will you show me your muscles? And you know what? Having that avocado in there, it's good for your brain. It makes you smart and think. Because it has healthy fats in it. And fats are so good for our bodies. And you know that piece of toast? Yeah, it has some carbs in it. And that gives us energy. Like teaching these principles of nutrition, these basic foundational principles are so important. And I want you to think about it from that standpoint. Because so many times in the diet cycle, we, we look at it from like, well, I should eat this because they said that or whatever. But what if you looked at it from the perspective of, well, yeah, like those things support my body and I want to get more of them because I know it's a nutrition principle that, you know, fruits and vegetables help my body and fats help my body in this way. And like understanding how food affects your body, that is knowledge and knowledge is power. So teach them the principles of nutrition and teach yourself the principles of nutrition. And then number four, we help them connect their healthy behaviors to things they love in their life. So same thing, I teach them, yeah, do you want energy? It's important that we eat our, that we eat food to give us energy so we can go out and play with our friends because that's what you love to do. It's important that we get a really good night's sleep 
We go to bed on time and we sleep really good so that we can wake up tomorrow and, and do school and have smart brains and brains that work for us in the morning. So we connect what we're doing with things that they love to do. What would that look like for you? What do you love to do and how can you connect your healthy behaviors? So I hope I made my point clear (laughs) and I didn't throw any kids under the bus either. But here's my story now. We all know that if my child finds a chocolate bar, she's going to eat it. And this actually really happened. For Mother's Day, I got a chocolate bar and I was really excited to eat it. (laughs) And it was milk chocolate. I haven't had milk chocolate for for a while because I have some dairy stuff that I don't eat a ton. Milk chocolate just doesn't, isn't my favorite, but well, it's, of course, it's my favorite, but it's not my body's favorite. Um, and I just thought, well, this is a fun little treat that I could have. And I just haven't had it for a while. And I was just going to like, there were like four squares in it. And so I was going to break it off and have, a, you know, a square a day or something. I don't even know. It was just, it was just kind of like this exciting thing to me that I was like, oh yeah, I want to have it. And um, I was out talking to my neighbor the next day for a little bit. And my husband came up the stairs and within three minutes, of me being outside or maybe five minutes. I don't even know. It wasn't that long. She had cut open the chocolate bar and eaten the entire thing. And she had it all over her face. (laughs) She ate my chocolate bar. (laughs) And like, if that chocolate bar would have been seven, she probably would have just kept going. Like, it's just so funny. And then my other kid is like on the opposite end of the spectrum. He saves food and never remembers that it's there. Like he gets a treat and he like puts it in the cupboard, wants to eat it later, and then just never even knows it's there. And then my daughter finds it and eats it. Like it's just, it's just everybody's in a little bit of a different place. And my son, whether or not this is my fault or not, like he is more motivated by like, well, if I finish my dinner, will I get a treat? Like, or, you know, will I get something special or whatever? Um, and it, it's just, I don't know. I just think like we really have to remember that we're all in a learning process and and kids have some components of intuitive eating, but I don't think we look to them as the best examples of intuitive eating. And I think we learn from some of those lessons and that's okay. So just like kids, like adults are all different too, right? We all have different things that we need to work on. We have different approaches, just like I have one kid that's very different than the other, like that's okay, but they can still incorporate intuitive eating principles in their life in the same way. So the principles are the same. The approaches are different. Okay. So the principles that we covered, and there's more than this, but I thought these would be good today. Intuitive eaters eat to honor hunger and fullness, and they have a plan that allows them to match their efforts with their desired outcomes. Okay. Number two, intuitive eaters know how to balance foods let me start over. Intuitive eaters know how to create balance with all kinds of foods and continually work toward creating balance that supports their goals or their lifestyle that they want to live. And then the third one is intuitive eaters learn to take responsibility for and manage their own health through change, practice, and consistency. So how can you, based on this information and all of that, how can you begin to implement intuitive eating into your life? What does it look like for you to use those principles and create an intuitive eating lifestyle? What would that look like? So we can learn a lot of things from kids. We can do a lot of 
you know, we can learn a lot from them and I think they have some good things to teach us. Um, but we can also remember that, you know, we're the, we're the big kids, we're the grownups, we're the ones that, um, manage our own health and we steer the ship. And if you want to do that this summer with me, I'm really excited. I've got the, my summer wellness series coming up. Um, I think it's going to be this week. (laughs) You can check the calendar, the show notes. Um, but I'm just going to be teaching you some principles and things and, um, just like becoming that captain of your own health. I want to teach you, I want to empower you to be the, the health manager of your own body, the health captain, the health CEO, whatever you want to want to use. And, and it requires learning things and, and implementing. And, and I love to teach you principles and then give you ways to implement them in your own life. So, um, I would love to have you join me for that. You can look at the show notes and learn more. And thank you for letting me go on a little bit of a rant about kids and intuitive eating and, and my, um, I'm not even going to say opinion because I don't know if, I don't like the word opinion, but you know, my observations and how I, how I teach intuitive eating and how I've seen kids show up in, in eating and all of that. So, um, have a lovely, wonderful rest of your day. Okay. My friend, if you love the woman of wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.